Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Maestro of dialogue and profanity, master of emotion and splatter, exploitation aficionado and B-movie film geek auteur, today we rank the films of Quentin Tarantino. Before that, we'll talk about the alleged 70mm film revival and whether or not it matters. Along the way, you'll get spoilers for every film in Quentin Tarantino's filmography, as well as The Master, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Clerks, District 9, Cocoon, Seven, Planet Terror, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990, Three Ninjas, and Surf Ninjas. Well, I've got a story to tell everyone. Just a little while ago, Everyone that's here around the table this evening went to see the special roads roadshow presentation of the Hateful Eight. So Matt Hughes, hello everyone. He went and saw it. it Liam, nice. seriously, I was there. He was there. Tyler was there. Witness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Liam could be my witness. We sat together at the 10 a.m. show. Saved a seat. Patrick, you went and saw it. I went and saw it, and I went and saw it too. Um, we all not not together. Two two. By two, we went to <laughs> two by three. <laughs> two by <laughs> three. We went into an arc. <laughs> wow, sorry. <laughs> this break has just messed me up. So, the funny thing is that uh, we, you know, we live in Portland, Oregon. So we go to this place called the Hollywood Theater that's presenting, uh, you know, this prestigious version of the Roadshow presentation, seventy millimeter film, Ultra Panavision. Ultra Panavision seventy. Cinerama. Um, <laughs> the roadshow titles for this. <laughs> yeah. It helps. <laughs> yeah. The roadshow presentation differs from uh, the normal theatrical release in that it uh, features a musical overture at the beginning. It comes with a souvenir. Uh, what do you call that thing? Program. A program, program of yeah. sorts. Yeah. Although the three of you did not receive one. We didn't Ooh, get no. the program. Apparently they they I mean, ran out of stock. Tyler and Liam both got a yeah. program. Yeah. Yeah. It looked nice though. What, were we at the first showing of the weekend? Uh, no, we were Monday morning. Yeah, yeah, we went on a weekday morning. Yeah, dude, they'd been yeah. showing so it since been going coming after the weekend. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, they'd been showing it since Christmas Day. Yeah. We saw it a few days later. So yeah, it's we saw it the following week. And uh, the roadshow presentation also features a twelve-minute intermission yeah. around so the center handy. point Built into the movie of a three-hour movie, which is useful. Fan. You need that pee break. Mm-hmm. And they had the guy uh, introduce the whole thing. Yeah, personally, that's what's kind of cool about some of these smaller theaters in in Portland. They, they take a lot of pride in movies where they'll get up and they'll introduce it. They'll give you some fun facts and they'll say, have a good time. Don't be a knucklehead. Yeah. 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 He Back did. He, affir- did. he yeah. affirmed the uh, cell phone knucklehead rule that we live stringently by. Mm-hmm. He used a swear word that I won't say because we got that. I appreciated podcast. it too. I appreciated his <laughs> he, uh, how hardcore he was being. Yeah. yeah. He got up and he boasted that his theater, the one here in, in Portland, Oregon, sh- was the largest showing in the nation of Tarantino's Hateful Eight. The, the biggest screen. The biggest screen, yeah. yeah. The largest yeah. screen. And now, he didn't have hard facts to back that up, but <laughs> yeah. he said he had done his research <laughs> and he was pretty sure. Yeah. Based on a quick Google search. <laughs> 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 he Googled, he asked Siri. <laughs> is anyone's theater bigger than mine? I heard someone else say that it was at least the biggest on the West Coast. Tar- it, was, it was a big screen, and it was in a big, classic, grandiose type of theater in fact what's going on here well we we you started 
by telling a story and Matt was about to give away the ending. I Ooh. guess there was an ending that I didn't there's know a, There's about. a punchline to all this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got there. Spoiler, this is a tragic story for People Josh. are on their commute right now. They don't need me to get to the punchline right away. They've been missing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that we were waffling. They're just oh, waiting. Yeah. I'm sorry. We, I want to give totally the Josh the wants to go in story pure, bro. Hashtag it. <laughs> we totally interrupted Josh's story there. This is 2016 for I'm you. Sorry, hate movies. But this story ends tragically. It's a slow burn. So anyway, the Hollywood Theater in Portland is this nonprofit that shows new movies and also, you know, digs up old reels of exploitation films and B movies and has fun events and things yeah. like that. They or love movies. Seventy millimeter prints of two thousand one, whatever it might be. These guys just love movies and they have this nice old theater and they put on stuff there. It's it's pretty pretty nice shindig yeah, that they've great. got going on for the road show. They just got some new seats too. Got new seats. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it's a bad experience that's whatsoever. Great. It's a lot of fun. In fact, uh, for a movie like Hateful Eight, it was quite nice because the whole vibe is decidedly retro and antiquated, yeah. which partnered really nicely. It worked really well it's, with the movie. Qu- quite vintage, yeah. mm-hmm. both on the screen and in the seats, if you yeah. will. Because yeah. when Liam and I went to the 10 a.m. show, I, I gave a quick you know, scan of the, of the audience, and it was all old guys. Yeah. All right. And I... I've I think I figured out why because the theater has memberships that you can buy. Well, you were an early bird special. I was an early bird special, (laughs) 10 a.m. But I think that they like they give out memberships so you can be a part of like supporting the theater and coming to see all the things they're showing. You can pay more than just your ticket if you want. Right, they'll take more money. (laughs) Those are like real love movies. You can pay the old guys who like donate to the ballet and things like that. Yeah, Yeah. they're donating to old old film. Yeah, these guys must be just watching the documentaries and stuff because they do a lot of that. They do do they do a lot of documentaries. Do do. <laughs> so anyway, um, we we go to this. At this point, the Hollywood Theater was boasting the only roadshow presentation in Portland. So people are lining up. In this case, literally around the block, literally to see uh, the roadshow presentation <laughs> in the cold rain. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we actually had trouble getting in. Matt, um, myself, Patrick, and our friend Garrett, who's been on the show sometimes, we go to the Hollywood Theater and we think, let's not buy the tickets in advance because we're not suckers. We're not paying that <laughs> yeah, kind of and $2 dollar convenience fee. We were skeptical, remember? We were like, I don't know if we need That's to true. see it like that. And That's true. It Le- was y'all's review. Yeah. yeah. Liam and I went and saw it and then we, we just raved about it to the rest of these guys and we convinced them that they had to see it. Oh, yeah. 70 right. millimeter it's worth ultra pan. Yeah, we were just going to wait and go see yeah. it before at like we GXL. get into all the buzzwords about 70 millimeter and the Panavision, <laughs> oh, the stuff sorry. that we only <laughs> sort of understand. Um, so we we says to ourselves, we says, if this <laughs> is something noteworthy, this will be the movie that will tell us whether or not it's anything. You yes, know, you're to, right. To get excited about of, or all movies to see this way. Right. Tarantino so we figure it right. it's a bit expensive of a ticket. Let's just see it. If not, it'll probably still be a fun movie, and we'll just know that we can mark it off our list. We don't need to get buy into the hype. So we goes down to the theater. It's sold out. Everything's sold out, and there's still a line around the building. Huge line. So we go in. There's all this hubbub. You know, um, there's like the news is there. We're thinking, that's strange. What's the news doing here? (laughs) And uh, we just buy tickets for the following night, and we go back home. Uh, We wake up in the morning and realize that Quentin Tarantino himself was (laughs) in the same theater that we were standing in. He came and presented the uh, roadshow presentation that night, mm. and allegedly we weren't there, so we can't confirm this, but we were told that he said he wished that every person in the country could have seen the movie in that theater 
on that screen. That's the way that they opened our showing yeah. by telling us how proud they were of their That's theater cool. because Tarantino himself had said that that was his favorite one that he yeah, visited. Also, allegedly, he had said that he really wanted to be on this podcast, but he couldn't find <laughs> us there. Yeah. I heard right. that, definitely. Yeah, either. that's that. He tweeted that. Yeah. Uh, he, he called. Have Twitter, yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> called, but we said it was a clean podcast. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we oh, didn't yeah, want to so get that red explicit. <laughs> he said, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what a tragic tale! Huh? What a tragedy! Part but of we saw it. Part of me <laughs> thought maybe he'll still be there for some reason <laughs> the next night. <laughs> we <Yeah>. hoped <laughs> maybe he, he didn't leave. He loved Portland. I'll go ahead and get to this punchline faster. He wasn't there. He wasn't. We just got the normal nerdy clerk. But, I uh, just love Tarantino's style that he rolled into the Hollywood Theater in Portland, Oregon, just for fun to surprise everyone. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. It's I had a feeling you'd do that. You knew. Liam knew. You heard it here first. <laughs> Liam knew. I, you know, <laughs> look Liam, it up. Um, <laughs> Liam himself, along with Tarantino and a couple of other directors, <laughs> and really just a couple of other directors. I think Christopher Nolan, Paul Thomas Anderson, and maybe someone else have been. Um, pretty persnickety about preserving film nowadays uh the idea of 35 millimeter film or forget 70 millimeter film just normal standard 35 millimeter film is slowly going the way of the buffalo as more and more filmmakers shoot on digital on red cameras or digital everybody's bragging about upgrading to digital these days i don't know that's a good thing the iphones these days the interesting thing about it is that because of the advances in digital it's both more economical to shoot on digital than it is to shoot on film and it's it saves a tremendous amount of time you don't have to develop things the editing process is obviously uh streamlined <laughs> to the, the dailies are that degree. day yeah, yeah the dailies are that day and everything else so there's a lot to be said about the actual production process that would uh pragmatically lend itself toward going digital the thing that I, the question that i had as i was doing all this research online is are these guys just purists you know it's like the same way that we get bent out of shape sometimes about something that it's not necessarily better or worse. We're just purists, you know, like the, I don't know whether it's CG or something like that. Right. And you mm-hmm. say, why can't they build a set? Even though to our eye, we, we might not know the difference altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it that there really is something that's that much better? Cause to hear someone like Quentin Tarantino talk about it, he's just like, there, there can't be an intelligent argument made that digital is in, in any way on the same level. As, as far as, as experience, I, yeah, I think it's the whole package for him. I don't know. I mean, he's behind the curtain making the movie, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure that part of that charm of making a movie and shooting it on film is obviously got to be entirely different. Maybe he feels like he, like he has more ownership of it because it is. I mean, it is more work for him shooting on film, presumably. Maybe was I was going to ask Liam because he knew he was going to be there. So, <laughs> yeah, Liam, can he, you... He likes putting the work in. Like, it, when when you put, <laughs> like, digital, I mean, there's this... You get, you get to be sloppy. You don't get to really, like, necessarily hone as much. Like, every shot that you take is... You know, you're spending, mo- like, a lot more money on it. So you're kind of a bit more conscientious with with how you're directing, how you're shooting, and how sure, you're... Sure, there has to be an art to it, to using yeah. film. Like yeah, yeah I get it. Film. Tarantino does have a strong affection, though, for retro styles. I mean, he watches sure. stuff on VHS still, doesn't he? Like well, in his like up, in his house. Yeah, doesn't he? I don't. I don't. Wasn't Liam, that, that came knows. out like he still VHS, uses like VHS beta eight millimeter? Yeah, he did recently say that he hasn't moved on to Blu-rays yet because he still watches everything on VHS, which makes me think that this is just a, a snobby purist thing, mm. at least to some degree, because. 
there are just facts about the fact about film that is superior in some sense to many forms of digital 35 millimeter film is off the charts a higher resolution in terms of you know like what we think of as hd when you yeah, see right. television yeah. or something like that um, but when you're getting to like 4k and levels of that obviously 70 millimeters still a much bigger picture but when we're seeing 4k on a on a movie screen on the silver screen or we're seeing 70 millimeter i wonder if most folks would be like oh that's the one that's way better or would be able to tell even though technically there is a difference how much of that can we see so i'm looking to this guy and being like well you tell me which one's better but he's telling me he's watching vhs in his house you're not even seeing the full frame of the movie you're watching so obviously he doesn't really (laughs) care about the preservation (laughs) of the films not even letterbox yeah formatted for your tv he's been strongly influenced at least (laughs) my assumption by movies and, and film from the 70s when he was a kid he grew up watching these sure. things and obviously was influenced by them the, by the way he just the style and like pacing of a lot of his films so i feel like maybe he's just very heavily biased toward film in this like analog era of movie making yeah mm-hmm. right and i'm all right with that these got the guys you mentioned that are uh rallying to keep film alive they keep making Incredible movie, so yeah, I'm not keep, keep up the good work. You know? Yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. going to stand in the way of Christopher Nolan. I yeah. can't say I know the difference unless it's like something that's super, super CG or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, whatever. That's fine. I, d- I don't know how we can really tell unless we can see a side by side comparison, like in the same theater on the same screen. Like, show me a scene in 70 millimeter, and then show me on digital, yeah. and let's see what. The yeah, exactly. Is. I mean, I was very aware of, like, when we went to see Hateful Eight, I was very aware of how fantastic the aspect ratio was. It's the widest you could possibly yeah, shoot. It's yeah. amazing. and that, But that's the lens more than the film, right? Like, you could use those Panavision lenses and shoot in digital. So that's not... Is that... Am I talking nonsense? I'm I don't theorizing that you're correct on that. I mean, the, one of the big boasts was that it, they had resurrected these right. defunct Panavision From like Ben-Hur, from like the yeah. 60s, right. like the epic. And some of those new, right. wide shots. movie released in this format right. in 50 years. Right. right. And, and they and the wide shots were... They were amazing. Like, they were yeah. super panoramic. They were <laughs> right. panoramic. Ultra Panavision. Panorama. But I'm like, but di- but does that mean you have to use that lens with a film camera, or could you put that lens on a 4K like digital camera and then be like, well, now we can do Panavision that's also phenomenally sure. CG'd sure. as yeah, well. You could. Most okay. of Tarantino's CG'd. Is Most there Tarantino's all of a sudden going to be CG? Super wide. Jar Jar's going to be on yeah, there. Yeah, Jar Jar Panavision. Yeah, so I, that's the test. I think maybe the burden of proof is on us to go to like our beloved non-retro theater that has the uh you know the premium large format screen and does project in digital and see the hateful eight and see if it's like right yeah Mm -hmm. but would have probably been more effective to do so uh in in rapid sequence whether right you're kind of you're like the the commercials they put on dvds and say now look at the quality of blu-ray yeah and it's like like, like, i I don't know what that is <laughs> I love watching Blu-ray commercials on DVDs. They purposefully like, you, try, try to make to yeah. what's a, and they're like, I I just bought this DVD. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me what I bought's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it would have been nice to to drive from the 70 millimeter Ultra Panavision Cinerama to see it in GXL. But they we couldn't because they it still, wasn't on wide release. It's yet. still a limited release. Yeah. yeah. 
So I, I would like to still go see it in GXL anyway because the roadshow had that built-in intermission and they had the overture. And mm-hmm. I wonder how um, the film is affected without that built-in time because it's not like mm-hmm. normal theaters are stopping the show no, for 12 minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was built... The guy said it was built into the reel itself, the intermission. Right. He was like, we can't extend minutes, it. Yeah. You got 12 minutes. Yeah. So there was a big old line so I for the how 12 minutes fast. I wonder how that would affect how how it plays out with that intermission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that runtime is a lot to ask of the average movie-going audience yeah. if they're not hyped up for something. Yeah. It's so fun, though. I, I loved every moment of it. Just like the introduction, that oh, overture. Just kinda, you just kind of like, all right, I'm getting kind of into the zone. I'm getting Me too. Yeah, the yeah, overture got your mind really right. Warming. Overture yeah. is like a long intro, you know, yeah. where you can yeah. prepare. Yeah, it did with like that, just that long shot with all the yeah. credits. I was like, man, I'm just like in it now. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. It was a, we, Matt and uh, Patrick and I, we did ours at 1030 PM. We did. We got slices Jeez, of pizza. Right at 130. No, we got slices of pizza. We sat down. We, we settled in for the long haul. Snuck in some soda. And mm-hmm. the, the yeah. whole thing we did, we snuck in soda and it yeah. was, it was an experience. I read all this hype about like, this is the way to see the movie. And I'm sure if I had only gone and saw the movie, you know, on a digital projection in a large format theater, I would have been like, great movie. And it was, it was a great experience this way. Mm-hmm. But having seen it that way, it's just, it's something, it's an entirely different animal. And I think that yeah. makes me understand the, the both end of Tarantino's brain. Yeah. Somebody like Paul Thomas Anderson that, you know, uh, he was one of the first guys pushing to bring 70 millimeter back with the master. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did a, a limited release of the master in 70 yeah, millimeter, master. Mm-hmm. Gosh. which is even more of a, of a task to ask audiences. to. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> that was hard to be said through just <laughs> in a normal in, theater. Endure the master <laughs> at 70 millimeter. God. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> someone like those guys that have, um, uh, you know, such a, burden for a personal uh, sense of obligation to f- to f- photography you know what yeah, i mean like right. someone like paul thomas anderson's more like a stanley kubrick where there's just a tremendous emphasis on visuals not the yes. stanley not that quentin tarantino is not that quentin tarantino's that and he's all this retro stuff mm-hmm. and he's retro like camp mm-hmm. he may he takes like b-movie concepts yeah and the stuff of like drive-in theater and makes it high art which is his bag, right? He does it so well. He does a really good job at his bag, yeah, from the very beginning. So he does this roadshow thing, and he's just just hyping up this whole, like, uh, this is the way people went and saw movies for a while. It was kind of neat. What if Mm -hmm. we did that? You know what I mean? And it's as simple as that. I'm so glad he did that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, like, what he grew up on, and he wanted to to do that for Mm -hmm. himself. Yeah. Right, because he would only have been watching, like, Movies that were filmed on 35 or 70 millimeters or movies that were in 4.3 aspect radio on his, like, tube TV. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that about him. I appreciate his concern for nostalgia and his concern for technicalities and the, you know, the preservation of things like film and stuff. I don't know that it's as, as important as he makes it out to be, like, that, you know, we've got to all rally together or we'll go extinct type of thing. But I appreciate it about him. You know, I think this concept is going to land a lot better than Grindhouse <laughs> did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so thanks. Thanks, Tarantino. We had a blast. Yeah. So if you get a chance to see, if you should have seen it by now, but if you get a chance to see it in the 7mm, 
or if there are future releases, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah it's it a good time. Yeah. Very much yeah. worth Absolutely. it. I think there's something you said for the sound as well. It's all analog. It's yeah. not digital. And that analog is like sounded superb. It, it sounded good. Loud. It did it sound really, really good. rich. Yeah, they had that. They had that crank to the max. Yeah, yeah they had to suit that theater up a little bit. Oh yeah, well, I mean, they they had like extra speakers. Like kids would use it like a garage band show at the front on like those stands. Because I'm like, I think that was just for the presenter. Oh, you think you don't think that they were using that? I don't know, man. Maybe they were looping the sound system into that. Because I got scared. Some more. Is that a PVM up there? That's what the audio was. Yeah, out. I yeah. saw that and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I saw some of them on the side. I'm like, maybe they just like pumped it up because they're like really into this. And there, once again, I would love to hear Hateful Eight on some other, you know, like right. THX sound system in a yeah. GXL theater. Right. Because it, it did sound fantastic, but I've never seen another movie in that right. particular theater. I have theater. no frame of reference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was great. I've it got no great. complaints. I love yeah. that the screen was curved, too. Yeah, it yeah. had to be. That's so that the Ultra Panavision? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be. Or is it the Cinerama? I don't know which is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Cinerama on that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah that wide, wide screen, and yeah. it's curved. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. It was great. Yeah. yeah. And when you sit down to watch The Hateful Eight, you get the title card, um, and then just what precedes it. Um, right, right before that, it says uh, the eighth film from Quentin yes. Tarantino. So... Yeah. Um, we thought that it would be fun to get together. Um, we've we've already spent a ton of time talking about uh, the Hateful Eight and how it compares to Quentin Tarantino's previous film, uh, Django, Django Unchained, Unchained, which was a similar styled two westerns thematic, yeah, yep, western time period with a lot of uh, deplorable southern characters. <laughs> oh <laughs> gosh, a lot of the N word. So <laughs> well, every every Tarantino movie <laughs> that's true. Has the <laughs> that doesn't limit it. They have a ton in common. We wrestled them out, and then we thought it would be fun to just say, like, well, how do you actually rank those eight films from best to worst and vice versa? Uh, so to do that, know. let's remind I everybody. Know. I've got the definitive list over no, here. I let's don't. hear it, Tyler. No, I'm not going to no, just give it to you. All right, first do uh, you gotta, release. you got to earn <laughs> and wait for it. All right, so what are the, what are the eight movies? Okay, in right. release order. In release oh, order. Beautiful. We actually had this argument. We, we were unsure. Okay, so Reservoir Dogs one was, yeah, uh, was the one. first directorial debut in 1992, followed by Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Fiction two sure. years later. Palm Door. He directed an episode of ER, but we won't count that. <laughs> not gonna count that. He did a couple Pause aliases go too, right? That one. Yeah, I <laughs> bet that was wrong. You got Jackie Brown in 1997, and then you got Kill Bill Volume One and Two in 2003 and 2004. Gosh, that makes me feel old that they were that. Um, you ago. got uh, half of the Grindhouse College. presentation, which was Death Proof in 2007, and Quentin Tarantino doesn't seem to count Death Proof, whether or not it's because yeah. it's lumped in with Robert Rodriguez's film Planet Terror and the Grindhouse presentation, or whether or not he's just uh, embarrassed of it, which yeah, he is. He, I mean, he says it, he he likes it the least. It's his worst yeah. movie, he says himself. Yeah. Hmm. Although it's still a very interesting, com- compelling movie. I've definitely I seen like worse. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen much worse. But yeah, that was we our talk, speculation. Talk is if he's counting eight films, and he has nine... On his, on right, his IMDb list page or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which which movie doesn't he count? It's got to be. Does he discredit um, Death Proof or does it combine the Kill Bills? I mean, I would guess that the only hmm, that's actually a yeah, I'd never even oh. the Kill Bill combination. That that could be it. They were shot together mm-hmm. they were mm-hmm. meant to be volume one and two but he mm-hmm. but then when you like two but when you years. hear him talk about it he says Kill Bill volume one is 
a samurai movie with Kill Bill Volume Two as a Western movie. Like he oh. talks about them like they're two separate movies rather than just one. Yeah, but he is also serial. a purist that seems that in retrospect will put them together if they're supposed to be together. That's true, and just call it the Kill Bill you saga. Know, it's interesting yeah. is that How do we get the answer. Liam. Oh, no, he didn't release wait, it as one no, no, big no. movie. He didn't even release it as like a two-pack. It's still Do, two different Exactly. Movies. That's the thing that I was about to point out. Yeah. Almost, <laughs> not almost like, because it's not like that at all, but similar to the way that fans clamor for like a theatrical release of the original Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. Ever since Kill Bill came out, fans have been asking about a director's cut that would combine both movies. He won't do it. And, yeah. and he won't uh, yeah. do it. So yeah. strange, <coughs> strange to me. I thought he was going to do right. it. Does no. he... Now, I, I know... He doesn't do it on all his movies, put like which number movie it is. No. Like he did it on Hateful Eight. He doesn't do it on Django. He mm-hmm. just says I think a movie just by. Played into the marketing because he thought it was fun. Are there any Are there any others where he puts the number? No. Or is Actually, Hateful Eight the, the, the trailer. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, the yeah. teaser. He says the fourth film by Quentin. I was about to say, they, in the advertising campaigns, they did that quite was a bit. Was Kill Bill oh, before yeah. or um, after Death Proof? Before. It was before. Oh yeah. crap! So we we, we wouldn't well, be able to no good. So anyway, yeah. that was in 2007 where I he got Death Proof, which is the mysterious, yeah. um, uncounted movie. So what are we gonna do? We're just gonna not. I count say Death let's Proof? include Death Proof for the sake of including right. it. It'll give us a chance. It's a movie that Quentin Tarantino yeah, wrote so and directed. <laughs> so our list will have nine. nine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, after that, Sorry, Quentin. he came back strong. He rebounded from his failure with Inglorious Bastards oh, in 2009. He, he totally reinvented himself. Yeah. Way to go. Just Way to go, Tarantino. Fantastic. He entered and a new era. Christoph Waltz was his muse. Mm-hmm. That's, he, that's my Christ, theory. He gave the world Christoph Waltz. Yes. Thank you. What Thank a, you what a for him. Fantastic gift. He doesn't gift. utter the word, the N word, right? In Inglorious B. Does he utter it? He might not. There's pro- maybe only racial slurs about Jews. Yeah, yeah. this is Jewish slurs. <laughs> Just yeah, changes it. But Jewish we got slurs. plenty of N-words come 2012 when we got Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. And then just recently, Couple in of the hundred. last month, we got The Hateful Eight. Still a lot of Full of N-words. N-words. <laughs> there was so. N-words in... Uh, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction too. Yep, a lot of them unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Says you, Tarantino I, doesn't think so. He could probably present a great case yeah. for why the N words were in there. So now the the burden <laughs> falls I got a on us. Theory. You know, we've we've done this before. We sat down and we talked about like, oh, which one? Uh, we just picked a, a director that people tend to like. Quint- uh, <laughs> we're doing that now. We did Christopher Nolan, <laughs> yep. and we ranked his films from uh, best to worst. And that people got furious. Episode. They're like, how could you do that? How could you? Because that's the way these conversations always go. You know, you you always hear somebody else's list, and you think, what the heck is wrong with Liam? Why would he make his list like that? So hey, here's what we're gonna <laughs> do today. So. That's true. We are going to be saying that. I know Liam's list. What do you? Yeah, guys, I've what seen Liam's heck? list. We've it's all messy. We've <laughs> all got that. our lists. <laughs> should we start from our just in you know going around the circle with our favorites, or should we start going oh, around with our no. lists? Let's do, let's do bottom nine. up. Let's do nine with nine. Shyamalan. We just we talked about them in release order. And then oh, and then, and then them place them in the list. Yeah, and then you know. Oh yeah, way, I like know, that. People. There's a lot that could get very confusing. No, I mean, I'm just. We There's can nine movies and five people. That's 45 opinions. I think Tyler's <laughs> idea and what we did before, guys, <laughs> on this show is a little more clean for the sake of talking about these movies. So why don't we go down to 1992, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Where does Reservoir Dogs rank 
when y'all was dogs. I can break the ice by saying that it's dead last. Oh, on mine. dead that last. Second, dead last. second I'm with you on that, Josh. Oh my! No, that is and you should think dead last. Oh, I watched man. it again last no. night just for the heck of it because it did probably, probably hadn't what seen it in like in ten years. <laughs> uh, yeah, I rank it dead last, but uh, below dead I like proof. It. It's good. I think it's a good picture. No. I think it's a very good picture. Hey, it set hey. the precedent. You hate movies. It only gets better. Uh, you hate movies, Liam. I agree with, at, with Liam 100% on this particular ranking. Well, I got to say. let's see if you agree with Liam. <laughs> 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 I got one. I got one. Don't, don't give away no. your number. Here's one the yet. thing. It's almost like, you know, arguing about, uh, well, what used to be like arguing about Pixar movies where it's like, well, they're all pretty good, so it's not like you're easily putting well, the god awful one at the too. bottom. Yeah, until we got the Cars movies. So it's not that I dislike <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. In fact, right. mm-hmm. the first time I saw it, it was the first Quentin Tarantino movie I saw, and I didn't understand what was going on. I was like in high school or junior high or something, and I was just knew that it was like very offensive and over <laughs> the top. And I was like, I feel kind of cool for watching uh, this because I probably shouldn't be, but I don't really get what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't see it again for years. Mm-hmm. Until someone was like, oh, gave me a stack of movies they were getting rid of, and they knew I had a lot of movies. And I was like, oh, Reservoir Dogs, I'll put that back in. I watched it, and I was like, oh, that's pretty good. You know, you can see that he's yeah. come a long way as a filmmaker. Uh, totally. It's pretty straight. <laughs> but dead last. Dead no, freaking no. last. Reservoir Dogs is such a good movie. <laughs> All right. it, it's the first, the first movie from this unknown director back in 1992. And people just didn't know how to wrap their minds around the the brilliant simplicity of the <laughs> film. Hey man, this guy's It is simple. I would say I put it next to last. Oh my but god. I saw that like when I got into it, Pulp Fiction was the big thing. Yeah. Oh, that in a second. But then I'm just saying I went back and watched Reservoir Dogs That's after that too, because yeah. it was like, oh Mm-hmm. And I, I liked it. It was like so the cool well, It's got references to Pulp Fiction in it. Yeah, it's, and I got cool. it after seeing you know, it. Reservoir Dogs? Yeah. Reservoir well, Dogs sounds like you don't, uh, need, you don't Michael Madsen's character is the brother oh, of Vince uh, Vega. Vince yeah. Vega. He's Vic Vega. And there's Vincent Ooh, Vega. It sounds yeah. like you ain't a big fan of Reservoir Dogs. Hey, wait a second. I mean, What's going but on? Te- no, right, technically, Pulp Fiction have references to Reservoir Dogs. Pulp references Reservoir Dogs. You've got it back. You know what he means. There's a tie-in. It's a shared universe. Well, sure. There's also a theory that Pulp Fiction references Kill Bill. Right and mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah, because the girls in it. Oh, big deal! He's not Stephen Thurman King. Who cares? Lists mm-hmm. The the movie that she was in um, lists a cast of characters that people say are the girls from Kill Bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Reservoir yeah. Dogs. Where do you put it? I put it at number seven <laughs> out of nine. <laughs> you put it super high. <laughs> yeah, huh? I put it at seven. Uh, so really Reservoir low. Dogs is this brilliant movie yeah. with these fantastic characters. It's great. You lost, man. Yeah, what is <laughs> it? What <laughs> is, where'd you put it? Sorry, man. Where is I've it? Got, where'd you put it? Put it on your list. I've got Reservoir Dogs at number two. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my gosh. That's so freaking high. You're dumb. <laughs> yeah, let's get him. Reservoir Dogs <laughs> is a fantastic film where... The, there's, there's no other. Stop, <laughs> man. It is fantastic. You're right. It, it, it deserves right. to be up at the top. It's way better than Pulp Fiction. It's way better than either of the Kill Bills. Not going to disagree. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hush your noise. <laughs> that is nonsense. No. Way better it's than Kill good. Bill. It's that very good, but not so better. It is so good. <sighs> the, the. 
It is so good. The I opening is good. With it's you, right. with yeah, that's so iconic. This unknown yeah, group it's of amazing. guys mm-hmm. talking about Madonna <laughs> and yeah, like a virgin. Yep, all that gross stuff and tipping. We can't remember tipping. the smallest violin in the right. world. I mean, there's tons of catchphrases. Yeah, right. conversation Buscemi's, you do with your friends. Buscemi's character is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, there's all these brilliant simplicities in the movie that make it so good to me because the majority of the film is taking place in this warehouse where you're desperate to try and figure out who. It's kind of like a murder mystery in a way where you're desperately yeah. trying to find well, I love a murder mystery where you're definitely tra- you're trying to find who the rat is who yeah the- that's true okay, here, here's all I remember from Reservoir Dogs they're walking down the street that cool song plays they're all in black suits they say gross stuff about bubblegum and then Mr. Blonde goes nuts and cuts off the well, dude's ear to, to Steeler's wheel it is yeah, I mean, yeah, it sounds like you don't remember it at all. It's just stuck in the I mean, middle with you. None of that's it's in the movie. No, I'm just kidding. Just get no, out of here. to the right here. Yeah, I, I remember. It's it's she's so a guy in the stomach. So it many. It takes him forever to die. Iconic scenes. That is really good. Yeah, with them in yeah. the suits with the names. Yeah. Mr. White, yeah, Mr. Pink. Awesome. Mr. Yeah, Blonde. why am I called Mr. Pink? The camera in the car trunk. The sexual slur. what? The camera in the car trunk? Am I confusing this? Camera in the car trunk. That happens He does that a lot. He uses that a lot. His cinematography is slow pans and long, continuous shots. Oh, my gosh. Where did you put it on your freaking list? Number two. It's number two. Because of all these things, I put it way up high. It's at number two where it belongs. That's what I'm saying. That's the bottom line. Is bottom like... Yeah, we win. We all voted. So four of us yeah. have it at least last or, or yeah. second to last. Reservoir yeah. Dogs deserves more. <laughs> more but I appreciate you defending it, man. You got to come. You got to go to bat for your. Here's movie the thing. And all I that. didn't put Reservoir Dogs low on my list because I don't like Reservoir Dogs. I just like six other movies a lot more no. than I like Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir second Dogs is is the ET to Amblin Entertainment. Reservoir Dogs is the little icon you get at the beginning of Tarantino Band films. Yeah. yeah. Cause true. That okay. makes sense. It was that's, his first that's movie. That's a good reference. That's a good because reference. Because it's, it's, it's such a giant, iconic film that comparison. gave him the career he deserves. Yep. Number seven. Yes. Yep. Next. Oh, no. <laughs> next. Number eight. You know, uh, I, w- I watched uh, that movie in Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Like Back to back? I feel like it might, might have been the same. That's exactly. a lot of games. No, yeah, we did that because I got them mixed up for a long time. Well, you did? Yeah. You guys have weird And they were both on VHS. Lockstock is better than you I told it. you I just rewatched it recently. You saw it before, like you could really yeah. appreciate it. I and then like, I rewatched it. I feel like Reservoir Dogs was definitely ahead of its time because the world isn't apparently I'll, wasn't ready. Yeah, for it. I'll agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that totally. Fair. Because Pulp Fiction was the next Pulp Fiction. We got Pulp Fiction. We're, done. Like We're moving Pulp on. Fiction next. No, man. Reservoir Dogs is like gritty and raw and Tarantino's films. That's like that's what that's where it happens best. Is I gotta tell you, I have a uh, mixed emotions about Pulp Fiction because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know when it first came out in uh, back then in the early '90s and all that, uh, people at that point were starting to buy in. They were drinking the Quentin Tarantino Kool Aid, yes, big yeah. time. And then it became like this cool thing to be like, oh, have you seen Pulp Fiction? But did you get it? And like, mm. could you track with it and all that stuff? <laughs> did you Mr. get Mysterious it? Was just asking, cool <laughs> what is that about? You got the cool suits again. <laughs> this I is also, yeah, he wins the Palme d'Or at Cannes and brings it to America and resurrects, resurrects John Travolta's career. America yes. is excited again. You had a great mm-hmm. soundtrack with the California surfer music. The, and he, and that, that song is still known mo- it's like completely tethered to pulp yeah. fiction it'll never free itself the the riff from pulp fiction that is right. yep. its own song someone should look it up yeah no. oh, you mean <laughs> <Nick Ray? laughs> 
Link Ray. Yeah. yeah. That's Ramble yeah. from Link Ray. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the dance, the dance sequence with the, the twist. peace signs. Yeah, mm-hmm. when they're in the yeah. diner. Yeah. Which is yeah. the, uh, the spinoff from, uh, was it uh, Lady and the Trent? No, was it the where the Dirty Dancing? dancing? No, it's a Disney <laughs> movie where they... Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> Aristocrats. The, where they're doing the twist in a, <laughs> in yeah. a diner. Yeah. Yeah. It's mimicked on the Disney movie. Gosh, I'm drawing a blank on it. <laughs> Snow White? <laughs> Where's, Where's Josiah? <laughs> <laughs> Josiah, quick. <laughs> Sorry, Josiah. Sorry. I really, I really enjoyed Pulp Fiction. I feel like he pulled a lot of inspiration from Reservoir Dogs. Of course, the oh suits and the same characters and actors. Hit He's been inspired by himself. He's been inspired by himself, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also loved uh, that it, it was also similarly set in Southern California, you mm. know, and it's all—it's also very gritty and real, mm-hmm. which I love. I loved his style back What's then. in that briefcase, man? That's, that's, that's the still mystery of the movie. Nobody freaking knows. Before we get into the briefcase, just I gold. just want to say, let's, let's <laughs> no, rank man. this thing. Because at that point, when I first saw it, I was, uh, you know, angsty. Uh, teenager or whatever and was like man everyone's telling me I've got to like this thing they're like because people would say that thing to you like oh you would definitely like it I'm like who are you to tell me what I would like Josh is so punk he hates (laughs) movies if people say they should so I got Pulp Fiction on VHS and watched it and I remember like secretly enjoying it but having to say eh because I you know I wanted to be a contrarian um, but then that and eh, got confused with what I really thought at the time and years went by where I was, I started to actually believe that I had an eh reaction because I had like recapitulated that mm-hmm. response. So, you're so rebellious. yeah. And then I revisited it like, I don't know, 10 years ago or something like that. And I was like, Oh yeah. Pulp Fiction's a great movie. It was like, I remembered everything that I was seeing, but I was, you know, disconnected from the ludicrousness. Of that was the beginning <laughs> of Samuel L. Jackson and Tarantino's relationship. Yep. Right. Great. In, in my world, this is when people really noticed Tarantino. Before it was like, yeah. oh, it was yep. that little movie that some people knew about. <laughs> but when Pulp Fiction came yeah. out, that was, was like Josh it said, that's it took all him out of the art house about. joint, mm-hmm. yeah. out of the uh, art, art house circuit and into mainstream filmmaking, yeah. especially since right. he had so many A-list Actors in his flick. He did have a lot yeah. of A-list actors. Bruce Willis. Uh, and it was racy. But yeah. that's what... I, when I saw it for the first time, it was it was years after it had released. It was you know some sort of cult classic that people loved and always talked about and referenced in you know contemporary arts or street art or whatever. Right. You see Banksy painted Travolta and Jackson standing together holding bananas. Yeah. You know. um, I have so gauges I, with that painting on. You what? I have gauges for my ears with that painting on because okay. I'm I'm pretty right. punk. Yeah, you're pretty rough. So British. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing: you get Pulp Fiction, people are like, "I gotta have more Tarantino." Tarantino's like, "Intimidated, like, gosh, I gotta do like, I gotta follow up the success of Pulp Fiction." So people clamor to anything that there is, a la Reservoir Dogs. So people go nuts for Reservoir Dogs. You think Reservoir Dogs was rode the coattails sure. of Pulp Absolutely. Fiction retroactively? Yeah, I, think it it I don't think it deserves that. I think it's better. Let's say, <laughs> let's say some numbers. I think. Uh, uh, but my experience with Pulp Fiction was that I really enjoyed the movie, but I, I at the end of it. I thought, well, what in the world? They're walking away in uh, Bermuda yeah, shorts. I thought this was, this was a fantastic ride, but I don't know why I took the ride, what really happened. And, of course, the secret must be whatever's in that, that dang briefcase. But, but, but watching it again recently, I, um, I had a stronger affection for it um, because I think that maybe he, it kind of plays in a lot to the title of the film, being Pulp Fiction, and it's almost like these things that are taking place are all kind of like urban legends or myths or, you mm-hmm. know, 
thing, rumors that people kind of discuss. Like a like a pulp comic, right? Or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what. It's, yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> you see these these like <laughs> multiple characters who all have conflicts with each other, and then they're totally interrupted by a totally side conflict that has nothing to do with anything, but it brings everything into perspective and. And then you're back into a restaurant and you're thinking, well, what's in the briefcase? Yeah. Yeah. Well, where'd yeah. you put it on your list? Yeah. Where'd you put it on, on your list? On my list, it's at number five. Okay. Number five. It's at number six on mine. You know, I put mine at number six as well. Patrick, it sounds like you and I have similar and correct lists. So, mm-hmm. so mine's just above Reservoir Dogs, next to last. I've got Jeez, my guys. Pulp Fiction's at number five. Okay, a lot yeah, of I love Pulp Fiction. That's uh, great. I don't dislike movie. either of these movies. You know, in fact, yeah. I think of. Uh, Reservoir Dogs is the classic example of like an indie filmmaker that writes a check that then the world has to see if they can actually, if the funds are there to cash that check. Mm -hmm. Um, If you think about like a Kevin Smith with Clerks or a Neil Blomkamp with District 9, where this filmmaker with a new voice and like a fresh, you know, kind of style hits the ground running and everyone's like, oh, holy cow. And they take notice. But then it's like, was that a fluke? We got to see right. what else yeah. this guy's got to say mm-hmm. before we weigh in on it. And, you know, you see that plan out. Uh, unfortunately, the world is full of idiots, so they're not tracking with Neil Blomkamp. And Kevin Smith, someone like him, he's had ups and downs. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. But Quentin Tarantino was able to take that momentum from Reservoir Dogs, small though it may have been at the time, and then mm-hmm. deliver with Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And uh, the world really, really... Got on my, his train. Uh, well, my favorite theory about Pulp Fiction is um, the main antagonist, the big black guy. What's his name? Is he is, uh, I, forget the car- I forget the actor's name, too. Marcellus Wallace. Yeah. Mar- Marcellus Wallace. The Band-Aid yeah. behind his the, neck? Yeah, the Band-Aid on the back of his neck is apparently connected to whatever's in the briefcase. It's yeah, if, like as if soul? some sort of, yeah, yeah, some sort of essence from his being was removed from him and placed into the briefcase. And so when they open it up, it glows as if it's some sort like it's of his soul. supernatural. Like, yeah. Remember his Cocoon, right? They're all like gold. Oh, That's what it is. Yeah, man. Cocoon. Which is Cocoon. very interesting. In a briefcase. Ron very Howard. interesting that that may be whatever's in the briefcase now, is something to just because some one person wrote it on the internet doesn't mean that that's what no, it is. Of course Free not. internet, yeah, bro. that's not what I'm saying. But <laughs> if it were, and it's possible because it's so abstract to us, it would also lend itself to the title of the film being yeah. this. Or it's just legend. a cool glowing briefcase. And Tarantino was like, I don't know what that is, but that's going to be fun. People think it's gold. Yeah. yeah. Like me. Like idiots like me. It's just like, oh, it's just gold. It's JJ, just a light. JJ, gold. JJ, uh, yeah. It's just a really good flashlight. Right. J.J. Abrams has a famous TED talk that he did where he talks about the, the mis- box. mystery box. Yeah. yeah. And how he received it. And he thought that not knowing what's inside is almost better than really knowing what's inside because it's an infinite amount of possibilities in it your could imagination. Be anything. Yeah. What is in and the so box? It's a well-visited <laughs> trope in yeah. fiction to have. Right. Nothing. So that's what yeah, Tarantino was obviously doing, but I appreciate how J.J. Abrams recently said that audiences need some substance now. They can't just let it all hinge on mystery. They want to know what's in there and it better be good. Brad Pitt mm-hmm. would have been happier if he didn't know what was in the box at the end of Seven. Oh, it's oh. in the box. It's in the box. What a tragic and ultimate spoiler. Ooh. I wrote it down. Yeah, people will know. Yeah. But that said, so at this point, I mean, speaking of Pulp Fiction, right? Tarantino basically had the success of it. I mean, it was a huge hit for like a rated R movie, kind of being Yeah, indie. that was a big one. He basically had carte blanche with the Weinsteins, Miramax, and, you know, 
which owned Disney. So he could basically do anything he wanted. All eyes were on him. What's he going to do next? And he humbly comes out with Jackie Brown, which is a complete Jackie Brown out of left field. Now, let's stop. Let's stop. Let's Let's put the brakes on this conversation. Show of hands. Who who here's seen Jackie Brown? I haven't seen Jackie Brown. I haven't seen Jackie Brown. I haven't. I'm ashamed to say. I have not seen Jackie Brown. Liam, you and I are the only ones that have seen Jackie Brown. Y'all go nuts with your list. Please be merciful with your spoilers. spoilers, You can talk about the movie, please. Jackie Brown is about a flight attendant. I don't even know this. I don't even know what the thing's about. Very sassy, strong... Strong female, sumptuous, sumptuous, yeah. voluptuous, oh, voluptuous, sumptuous, African American woman, played by American woman, is her name Jackie Pam Greer, Pam big black exploitation movie. In the uses 70s. her her um, position as a flight attendant to s- smuggle goods hmm. across borders. Okay, that's an interesting premise. And Robert like De Niro's that. there, and Samuel L. Jackson's there. Hmm. Michael Keaton, Michael Bridget Wong, Fonda. Michael Keaton's in it. It's a wild ride. It's very Robert interesting. Robert Forster. The, yeah. the law enforcement's involved. You don't know who's working for what side anymore. And oh. it's, it's a pretty interesting movie. Sounds like a fun movie. On the heels of Pulp Fiction, how do you guys rank it on your <laughs> list? This is where Liam comes in. <laughs> you know? Uh, Drop the bomb, Liam. Jackie Brown's my number one, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my oh. gosh. Love I can't Jackie say Brown. Well, I mean, I can't <laughs> say it. Might, no, it I might be one of your... That can really scoff at that. Yeah. <laughs> it might so be better me, than all of these. Hold on, everybody. Let me... Ah, what? Oh, keep all right, Reservoir Dogs guy. Ah, oh, he's got oh, you there. He got, got you there. Oh, Reservoir Dogs is so much better than. Oh, Jackie quick, Brown. get him. No, <laughs> Reservoir no, Dogs. You've given it your defense. Oh, it's so good. Where's it on your list, Tyler? Uh, Jackie Brown on my list is number six. Hmm. Which is all right, so it's like and you had Pulp down. Fiction at five, so you mm. put it one below Pulp Fiction. Okay. Yeah, one below Pulp Fiction. Yeah. This kind of was under the radar for me when it came out because right. it's like, oh, he did Pulp Fiction, and now he's doing Kill Bill. Totally. Was right. there yeah. one in Which between Which drew that? back the crowds. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't even really, one. I didn't know that Why Jackie Brown that? was a Tarantino I must confess, movie. I'm terribly ignorant to the history uh, of and around Jackie Brown. It's hard to say. What year was Jackie Brown? Is that 97? In 97. So, yeah. So... Potentially, people people didn't receive it well, I mean, I or they 13. expected more. Three years after um, Pulp yeah. Fiction, it's kind of a more straightforward narrative than Pulp Fiction. It was still kind of mixy. Um, a lot of a lot of weird um, nonsense added, similar to the charms of Reservoir Dogs uh-huh. and Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it doesn't have the violence. Yeah, it's near it's the violence, dialogue, the though. blood. It's all about just you know what I wonder. Buckets of blood, like you do in Reservoir Dogs. I wonder if because. We were all raised, I believe, in oh, wow, this is going way back <laughs> in families where our parents attended church, and so some of the draw for me, because I was only ten when Pulp Fiction came out, so I didn't really know about it. But then when I was older, when I was sixteen, people were like, "Man, y'all seen Pulp Fiction?" And it was on like the hard, you're not allowed to watch that movie in this house list. So I was like, "Wow, oh dang, I'm going, I'm going." Sodomy go. is a nice yeah. line to draw. There. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, my, my pastor Gimps, dad cool. didn't want his teen son watching a movie that had sodomy in, um, so I determined to watch it, obviously. And so then I knew about Tarantino, and I went back and I was like, "Well, what other movies am I not meant to watch?" Um, and I watched Reservoir Dogs around the same time, and Jackie Brown had never come up in that conversation because I don't think my parents had read about it in any of their Christian magazines that would like tell you not. <laughs> That's what? how under the radar it was yeah. that the conservative groups conservative didn't even Christians care. didn't hate it, so it hadn't come up in my household, uh, so I didn't so know about it. So it doesn't well, have the draw. Should. 
Mm-hmm. They should. Conservatives should hate Jackie Brown. It's just a, it's a Tarantino right. offensive movie. Mm-hmm. Although, I, I'll say it again. It did not have the non-consensual sodomy in it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's probably yeah, why I wasn't. Maybe that's why. Maybe. Try so number it. one, really. I mean, I, I wish, honestly, I, I, a couple of nights ago, knew we were doing this podcast, and I sat down to watch Jackie Brown. But Tyler lied to me, and it wasn't on Netflix. Ooh, uh, it was for a long time. He knew what he was yeah, doing. Yeah, he lied just to me as well. Sorry, guys. It's weird how that works. He was on there for yeah. a long time. Tyler's, Tyler's a liar. That's where I watched it. Yeah. Well, I recommend it. America, go back and watch it. Yeah, it's worth seeing. It's I accept your challenge, Liam. I accept your challenge. Ask, ask me on an upcoming episode. Yeah. It's an yeah. Robert yeah. De Niro. Maybe we'll we'll all watch it. Those of us that haven't, and we'll comment on this. We'll episode. all put it at number one and gang up on Tyler. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Re- <laughs> yeah, we great. can have a, a continue Retro. the argument in the comments. All right. Well, let's move on then, because we haven't seen Jackie Brown. After that came Kill Bill Volume One and Two, just a year apart from one another, and back in the public eye, back in the hype train was oh, i yeah. remember right. everyone being like you need to go see this yes. so my was story a big gap though six years it was it was a big old gap and i remember mm-hmm. pulp fiction was still the movie that was in my brain and i hadn't revisited it at that point yet so i was like oh i've seen that guy i don't really care about his stuff but somebody's like let's just go see this movie and this was at a time when you don't have a lot to do other than to see movies all the time god bless it i went skateboarding and uh so i skateboarded down to the cineplex <laughs> And so right volume yeah. one, and I was <laughs> like, that is awesome. That was the it's first right. like, yeah. immediate reaction I had to a Tarantino film yeah. that wasn't tainted by my own idiocy or just being like, well, I don't get it. You know, it was just mm-hmm. like, that is so cool. And I think even then, though, I didn't know much about, I wasn't as, you know, uh, well-read in cinema as mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to pretend that I am now. But even I was picking up on all these different, like, B-movie concepts that he had woven into in the Kung Fu movies oh, and the yeah, just like exploitation and even like some horror and just like the, right. the gore effects and everything. It was Strong just like, uh, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Kung was Fu Western. Oh yeah. So cool. So yeah. original, even though all it is is an amalgamation of other classic yeah. right. well, that, things. That's what I love about it. Cause like growing up, like I'd try to watch like your, your Bruce classic Bruce Lee movies or like it was me and my friends would call it like firecracker movies. Cause it's all <laughs> And it's just really annoying as a kid because <laughs> like their, their lips, it was all overdubbed. You mm-hmm. don't know what they're like. Yeah. Why are they talking this way? Oh, this is like a cheat movie. Come on. But Tarantino had just been like a nutty Shaw Brothers fan, like just a lunatic for them, comes out and he takes all of that and perfects it, I feel, with the Kill Bill series. And, and with a story that's super engaging yeah. from yeah. start to finish. Yeah. Uma Thurman and again. It's very, it's very, they're Everybody very loves movies. a good revenge this, yeah. this was the first. That, this is a great became, director for this you. Is, yes. <laughs> yeah. This is his first revenge film. He was first like, oh, I many. got it. I yeah. got this. It's like, yeah. hold on. There's going to be a lot of revenge films. This was the know. first one for me that I saw in theaters. All the others I had to see like on VHS at my me friend's too. house or whatever. So I think that helps when I think I have a lot more... Um, like this feels like, oh, these, these Kill Bill and On belong to my generation Whereas the previous ones probably belong to like Liam's generation, the Gen Xers who were just a little longer in the tooth <laughs> than the I'm rest right of us. Here. I know, man. <laughs> I, I tried to speak about your age honorably there. <laughs> I remember going uh, to the theater and seeing the poster of Uma Thurman yeah. standing there with yeah. Kill Bill and she's holding the sword. But I didn't go into she's that got theater. The, I didn't the go into What did movie. you go and see instead? Do you I remember? I remember. You skateboarded out of there. Man, I, don't I went to go see something else. He grinded the poster. too late for it, so he went and saw Kill Bill instead. And Thank goodness that yeah, you're late to stuff. Yeah, and what a great name! Mm-hmm. Yeah, simple because it. Yeah, it's the 
It Ryan. tells you. It tells you so much about. It's a spoiler in the title. It's a spoiler in the title. Come on, we think <laughs> it's the end <laughs> of the two film anthology. Speaking of which, that Kill Bill scene was a little underwhelming. Well, that's next. Yeah, oh, we haven't sorry. got to volume two. We haven't got to volume two yet. Apologies. Spoilers for volume two, people. Careful. We can the talk huge, about them at the same time. The huge kung fu sequences, the giant battles with multi, with like, like the crazy yeah. dozens of stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was gr- so, so fun. good. And they're all yeah. dressed up like reservoir dogs again. <laughs> there you go, yeah, Tyler. it was he great. It was kind of like a video <laughs> game. She'd have to fight through a whole bunch of people to get to the boss. Or they right. go to the yeah. next like boss. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Really cool. I mean, that was like the a fun video of yeah. crappy kung fu movies. Even when we were kids, yeah. we used to rent kung fu movies. And we didn't have no idea what the heck was going on. But something about like, oh, here it goes. And then like 40 people <laughs> come into a room. People, right. yeah. yeah. Bruce Lee fights them all off. Or right. even <laughs> like when we were kids and you go to see something like the first Ninja Turtles film or Three Ninjas or something like that. Oh, they're they're just Three taking Ninjas. those Kung Fu concepts totally. and like, watch them hand knuckle these yeah. <laughs> 40 oh, people at a time and uh-huh. you're like, yeah, I watched yeah, Three awesome. Ninjas so many times. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Surf great. Ninjas, loved that one. So take that and then amplify it with the most over-the-top and purposefully campy blood yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. effects and you have just like fountains of glass pool so full of blood at the end of that <laughs> that girl scene. is tough because that movie is violent and she just kept rolling yeah, yeah. You, you wrote in a lot of fantastic scenes and like obstacles for her to overcome like when she gets buried alive and she starts punching the yeah. volume two just at the length of her yeah. fingers you know that was you great. Can't and see what I'm doing she somehow <laughs> she somehow flies through the yeah. dirt <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. dig straight up through. She, got, but she yeah, that she, long wispy beard, ninja powers. It's awesome. That's me. But even That's so, like in volume one, where you've just got like I just like the three like setting fields. So you've got with uh, Vivica A. Fox, where they, she's mm. like a mom. They're fighting in this uh, like in a little suburban house. Great yeah. sequence. Yeah. Yeah. So the cool. the yeah. kid comes in, in and they're already a fight in there. <laughs> yeah. Next fight is in Tokyo, and there's this amazing, you know, sushi bar. And then they f- go outside and they fight in this garden. It happens to be on the back side. But like, just the, those different settings, the tranquility, the various yeah. music, the different lighting, the different even film stock. Glorious. And you to, get like, the whole uh, anime sequence in the yeah. first oh, one. Yeah, you do yeah, get yeah. all that exactly. stuff. Good yeah, call. with Oren Ishii's back. Which is like jarring yeah. in the best way. You're just like, whoa, whoa, yeah. we're doing a cartoon now? This is yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't even like anime. I was the super black and white footage of the wedding. Yeah, yep. that yep. stuff. Yep. Yep. Right, all that slow reveal of what we happened. Like and, you know, everyone always, I feel like it's even more sexist, the fact that we get excited about, like, a strong female hero character that's not doesn't have to be all sexualized and everything. It's almost like, do we even have to talk about this? But let's talk about it. The fact that he decided to cast that character as Uma Thurman, who's, like, an unlikely choice. If someone pitched that movie to you and said, mm-hmm. and it's going to be Uma Thurman, you'd be like, really? Well, he, just, mm-hmm. he looked at his... Uh, address book. Yeah, who's <laughs> yeah. my, my friend? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, who would oh, say yes to this? She was in Pulp Fiction. She yeah, plays. Isn't there a story that on the set of Pulp Fiction she kind of said, "I want to be the star of like a female action movie." Yeah, that's that Thurman. Yeah, and she created and by she, you and you. she proved her chops by stabbing herself in the heart with that uh, big old needle. Yeah, <laughs> or she, getting stabbed in the heart. Stabbed I guess. Sorry, it's not the rock. She was. She's great. I thought she was fantastic in Kill Bill. I loved those movies. She. Put herself right up there with like Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley yeah. or something. As just company. like you don't even have to think about the like, oh, cool, it's a girl. It's just like she's she's awesome. She's the she hero. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, since everyone liked it so much, where'd they put it on their list? <laughs> Should we just do one and two together? So I'll say it at once. One. Yeah. Two. <laughs> three. Three and five. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put get, I put volume one at 
number three and volume two at number five. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, let's get in. It makes sense. Number five. Well, I kept them together. I went uh, Kill Bill volume one is number three. And then number rank number two behind Jackie Brown's volume two. Oh, Ooh. you put number two above oh, like number two. Right. Yeah. Well, huh. in the top. In volume that's, two. He does that's in turn up the volume on that action. I guess mm-hmm. that I kind it's of agree cool with. with the snake. Uh, it gets louder. It's louder action. With Liam, <laughs> you know, except I put I put <laughs> I would put Kill Bill number two at third on my list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Kill Bill one at four. Hmm. Did but I did like two. I like a big number two. <laughs> at number three, uh, it's like gosh. I said uh, in the episode about Empire Strikes Back. Everyone loves a training mm-hmm. sequence yeah, yeah. and yep. the training stuff with uh, Pai Mei. Yeah, and his funny beard that he keeps flipping mm-hmm. over his shoulder. Yeah. That stuff yeah. is golden. Oh, that's yeah. when they're, so they're, they're uh, where they're still looking for the swords, and the guy has it in the in the trailer in the desert. Yeah. That was so. Good. And then in the Making fight scene in a trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Ever I seen a fight scene in a trailer? It ends with a snake. that was awful. Gosh, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. And you find and out you why know, she has a p- eye patch and stuff. Even <laughs> without us yeah. doing it, that right. whistle is going to be stuck in almost everyone's head for from the Daryl Hannah whistle when she's coming down the hall. That's, that tune's going to be stuck in our head for the next three days. Or me, at least. Anyway. Imitate it for you. Do I, do I, it? I can't do I it. it. I can't. I don't even hear it. There you go. Liam did it. Um, yeah, I got it. Uh, it's hard to whistle into a Tyler, microphone. Tyler, did you say where it is on your list? I didn't. Where Ooh. is it? Oh, it's low, yeah. Do it. Oh, my gosh. His Volume face. one is number... Seven. Oh what? my God! Volume two is number eight. Oh you, my wow. God! You hate movies. No. Wow. <laughs> You're just no, a no. mental person. No. Let me let me defend myself. That's the Reservoir Dogs guy, right? That's the Reservoir Dogs guy. It's all right, guys. I really Everyone just unfollowed movies. you on Twitter. I really love these movies, but I I just didn't I just didn't I wasn't as captivated by them as original films because I saw so much of these old kung fu and old western films in them. And I just, I don't know, each time I watch them, I'm, like, I'm really excited. I'm having a good time. But they don't, like, they don't, like, mean as much to me. As You're movies. nuts. You are nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm. That's I'm crazy more captivated I... by, like, what he's trying to do with Jackie Brown and Pulp Fiction and see, you know, because it, it's, it's a road that I don't know Jackie where Jackie Brown better be freaking good by the time I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I you don't guys know where, are building Jackie Brown I don't know where lot. Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown are going to end because no one's made these movies. But movies like Kill Bill, it's like I know where this is going. And I'm loving everything. I can really appreciate it's that he made high-quality, fantastic films, but they're just, they don't mean as much to me as the others. All right, get him, Chris Phillips. Make a new hashtag for, yeah. for Tyler. Let's move on with our... Lick our cool. So after Kill Bill, out after, that, after Kill Bill, we hit two. the whole grindhouse circuit. This is the first mm-hmm. time that Quentin Tarantino tried to resurrect something from the golden age of movie going, or I don't even know if you call it the drive-in theater era of movie making, and stick yeah, to crummy horror movies back to back, where you watch them uh, in in immediate immediate succession of one another. So Grindhouse played with Robert Rodriguez's Planet Terror. And then there were um, fake trailers, which were great. Yeah, supposed which to be reminiscent of a drive-in. You've yeah, been to a drive-in? of an I, of an actual yeah. grindhouse presentation. You've been to drive- yeah, have drive-ins I mean, in England. No, I went when I lived in Illinois. <laughs> okay, we do not have drive-ins <laughs> in England at all. The country's too small for that. Yeah, we can't too fit. Rainy. We can't fit them anywhere. <laughs> have you and been to a drive-in, Liam? Oh. Tons of times. Yeah. So it's just you two that haven't been? No. Why would you go? Know. That sounds dumb. <laughs> Dude, you get to sit it's in your great. sweet ride? Yeah, but what if your windshield's all dirty? Mine is always dirty. Well, no, usually you've got to go with a friend who has a truck. 
yeah, and then truck. you back into the theater. Yeah, and you go sleeping bag, and then you take blankets and, and pillows blankets in the back of the yeah, truck. You crank the audio. I would do it if it was so like fun. I don't know, Back to the Future or ET or something I'd seen a million yeah. times well, just sure. for the yeah. kitsch of it. Uh, but it anyway, be, what the heck? Can we? They have that it one. It was like in a Newburgh. normal theater for me as a kid. There was one down the street from me. Gosh, you're so country. You're secretly Southern California. No wonder I grew up to hunt here. Hey, Dave, are we talking about Tarantino here? So Tarantino linked Patrick. Tarantino's driving classic. Tarantino's uh, death proof movie was tacked on to the end of Planet Terra and those fake trailers from, you know, Eli Roth and Rob Zombie. Machete. 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 Uh, Planet or Planet Terra and then Death Proof. Death Proof was the first movie that the world seemed to uniformly dislike Mm -hmm. from Quentin Tarantino. Right away, people were like, "Oh, it sucks." Even all I had like serious hardcore Quentin Tarantino fans that were like. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's making a movie and it's a horror movie that's like the makes the most sense it's the coolest thing ever and they came out of the theater being like Mm -hmm. oh god that sucked but that's how they marketed it that's how they because of its ostensibly it was going to be like this exploitation 70s style contrasted with um, Planet Terror of course which is a horror movie so then mm-hmm. you go see this thing, and like uh, honestly, I was thinking, man, Planet Terror rules. That was yeah. like what I thought. It was deliberate in all the ways. <laughs> it's almost like the Kill Bill, of, you know, uh, at one point the film burns up. In the yeah, 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 that's right. So I was like, man, what a great time. And then Death Proof, I was kind of like, huh, yeah. <laughs> that's so happening. In the version you saw, it played Planet Terror first, and then Death Proof. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone theater. left the theater. Yeah. Like. No one wanted to see Death During Proof. During really? Death Proof? Before Death Proof played, like because Planet Terror ended and they were just kind of like, you could hear people going like, yeah, I don't think I can do another one. Like uh, they were just tired or it was too much. So one half the theater them, more left. I watched them in reverse order. I watched Death Proof first and then Planet Terror. At the theaters? No, I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, I watched I it on my own. Yeah. I didn't see it in theaters either. I, I saw it in a theater by myself. <laughs> that's so weird. I really. <laughs> that's, that's odd. That's odd. It's all right. I, I really enjoyed the whole Grindhouse double feature, and I especially liked the order they were in, but I didn't know that I had screwed it up. Really I think it made a lot Your of sense. Your list is invalid. Because Planet Terror, even if you don't dislike Death Proof, Planet Terror is a more upbeat, fast-paced, yeah, and off-balls-to-the-wall yeah. insane right. movie. So you clearly put that <laughs> one first if you're going to lose. Replace it with a machine yeah. gun. Saeed from Lost carrying around testicles in a jar. <laughs> it was great. And it's got oh, a, and, a and small acting role from Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. It just dissolves. <laughs> so I didn't hate Death Proof as much as everyone else. I must admit that I did think, like, oh, that's weird. And then I yeah. saw it one more time after that and thought, like, I actually don't think it's as bad as we all made it out to be. I don't think it's that bad. So I put it um, at uh, number six. Of nine? Or, You've got sorry. it higher than Reservoir Dogs? No. Yeah, I do have it higher than Reservoir Dogs. I have it third from nah. the bottom. Reservoir Dogs at the bottom, Pulp Fiction, and then Death Proof. What in the oh, world? You have it at seven then. So nine. you're only uh, listing sorry. eight here because you haven't seen... Uh, Jackie, Jackie Brown. Brown. Right. I don't have Jackie Brown on my list. Okay. I That's also like Kurt Russell a lot. Kurt Russell's great. Russell's cool. He is great. I think that we'll get to him in a second. I think that Death Proof is a lot of fun. Kurt Russell's character is evil and and very interesting to to watch. Oh yeah. But I think that what did it for me was the abrupt ending. I thought, the yeah, that, was that was great. Of him. That was that a wild was really ride. Cool. And then this is where we're ending. He's getting his head smashed in by a bunch of girls. And then it does the freeze frame when they all which jump is up. fantastic. It's another fantastic revenge movie. Mm-hmm. He yeah. deserved it. Those girls come needed, up and needed to give it to. You him. got him. Yeah, death proof. I put it at the very bottom. Yeah, as yeah, that's did pretty I. Predictable. 
Number just, nine. Yeah. Just to honor Quentin. Yeah, I got it at nine. The same way he would. Because I, I didn't even though. know if it was I, I on the it was list. Good, like, because before this, yeah. we were discussing, like, does does Quentin Tarantino doesn't seem to count this one? We don't know, yada, yada, yada. So I just put it at the bottom. I was like, well, if he Either doesn't, way. if he, he doesn't like it, still you gotta, get rid of it. You got to admit, it does seem for him pretty different yeah. in an interesting way. Yeah. I was it's shorter, like, too. Huh. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. shorter. Yeah. How long is that? 70 it's minutes? Like only a little over an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So, death proof. Clocking in pretty low for <laughs> like most of us. third of a movie for him. But then uh, he came back swinging. He came back swinging in 2009. 2009. A new era of Tarantino. With Inglorious Bastards. Mm. I remember yes. Lord. Lord. The trailer for that. At this point, I'm, I'm you know, drank the Kool-Aid. I've loved Kill Bill to death. And Death Proof didn't really phase me. But I saw that trailer for Inglorious Bastards with mm-hmm. Brad, Pitt. Brad Pitt doing yeah. the monologue. And I was like, oh, heck yeah, that's mm-hmm. going to be awesome and so Bradley not disappoint oh man no. I don't know what happened maybe because um, Inglorious is a remake do you think that he because he took a source material and he just improved upon it well, it's not so much a remake as it is he reused a title and yeah, a very that's true, that's true. Did he spell it differently too? Concept. Concept. He spelled, spelled it differently too. Different, right? he spelled yeah, different man. Words. He changed the spellings it's of the, the same words, thing with Django. So. He put a silent D in Unchained. Right. Right. Yeah. Used right, the song there? though. Huh? No, there was a D on the first one. Oh, was there? He just put Unchained. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. Inglorious. I don't know what happened from 2007 to 2009, but he just had an epiphany and he made a fantastic movie. And he made his own man, war. It's yeah. uh, it's casted so perfectly from top to bottom. Yeah. Yes. Michael Fassbender, sensational. Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, Michael Myers, Myers shows up for some. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> but but yeah. the the main star, of course, is Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz Still was the show stealer. Oh Everyone loved the movie talking about Christoph Waltz. I love Waltz. him so Fantastic. deeply. He has that perfect mix of of scary and charming and serious like dramatic acting but yet yeah. perfect like integrated comedy yeah it's like it's hard to really put your finger on what he does best but it all works so well for him and uh, can we all agree that it has one of the best introductory dialogue based tension building opening scenes yeah. of any movie in France ever. Yes. yes yeah absolutely perfectly written and paced Right. To the point where, like, we just sat down. I'm like entranced by this. Where they're in the the French house, small house. Yeah, Yeah. talking about that milk. And over the course of the conversation, we're not even sure if we have anything to be uncomfortable about. But we presume that this poor French farmer or dairy farmer uh, is maybe just nervous because this Gestapo officer his in his house and then right before we learn what uh, Christoph Waltz character suspects the camera moves down through the floorboards and we see mm-hmm. that there's these people hiding under the floorboard right. so then our tension gets amplified before we even have a chance to see how it plays out uh, oh man it's masterfully done and then yeah. you're just on the hook for the rest of a wild freaking ride mm-hmm. and then you're nervous every time the girl and Christoph Waltz meet up because they meet up randomly throughout the movie. It just yeah. that tension holds. It's such a great movie, mm-hmm. and that is why it is his best. His <laughs> best number movie. one for you. Number, number one. one just yeah, oh, number, one number one for me one. also. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Good call. I got it. Top uh, of the pile. Right behind uh, Kill Bill, one and two at number four. Wow, that's so low. I've got it at number three. Wow, that's oh, yeah. so. Low. It's number it's one. I think it's a near perfect movie. It's a great movie. 
Yeah, it's mm-hmm. near perfect, but I think there's another one that's better. That here we go. More well, perfect. I can't wait to I hear it. We're down to the wire, and in- we could all just sit here <laughs> loving Inglorious Bastards to yeah, death. Inglorious Bastards, when I first saw it, I, I had a hard time comprehending how I should be feeling. Uh, and And I was really struggling with the historical accuracy, you know, through the majority of the film until a certain point where Hitler is being mowed down by a machine gun and you think, oh yeah, that that's not <laughs> oh, and then, so like then retroactively <laughs> you realize you didn't have to worry about right. the historical accuracy. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's oh, the happened. last three hours are just pretend. Right. Mm-hmm. So after seeing it the first time and being able to process it, I, I it grew on me more and more all the time. And then the, upon, you know, subsequent viewings, it's it's such a one. It's one of my favorite movies. One of such a sure doesn't sound like it, but how you put it on the list. Movie. could be one of the best movies made. You know, in the in in the two thousands. It's just interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder at what point did the, you know, the flip switch and you realize, oh, this is a fantasy version of history. Alternate history is not like. When did I realize? Yeah, for everybody, because it happens oh, at different times. Some people yeah. it took all the way till when they're like killing Hitler, and right. sometimes you're like, "Well, well this is different," you know. Well, mm. there's no saying. It, Hitler seems to be the clear distinction because there's no saying about any of these officers or whatever movie theater in whatever small town. Mm-hmm. Even that the that small group of Jew hunt not the hunters, Bear. Jew hunters. They're not right, hunting right. Jews. The Hunt Jews Nazis. that were hunting Nazis. Yeah. yeah, even that group of people Aldo is based Ray. on real events yeah that's what i'm saying it's like just so cool right and that was a great summer too that was 2009 uh I, the movie i had seen prior to that was district nine yeah and i was like oh cool now we get to see that other one and then i went song and i was like man yeah. can this summer be stopped yeah, yeah. 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 well that's good. also was that also the summer for there will be blood no i don't know the same time man no that's that was that's prior all right anyway. another day uh, but seeing it again i appreciate it a lot more um and I think that Tarantino made this movie as a vengeance film for the terrible atrocities, atrocities that took place. Like he, sure. he wrote a movie. It's a revenge fantasy. Yeah. For the Jewish people to like experience a revenge fantasy. Yeah. And then and he did a similar thing. And then, of course, he did the exact same thing with Django, Django Unchained. Django but Unchained. Did the Jews asked him to do that? <laughs> no, the Jews didn't ask him to it. But he cleverly he cast a bunch of Jewish men yeah, in his movies. That works for the Weinstein's guys. Uh, if you're if you're going to present That's a true. message to the world and a film for people to like bring justice to history, it's like it, it's kind of a you cool guys idea. Yeah. Know how close Adam Sandler was to being oh, the gosh? No, how the close? Bear Jew. The Bear Jew. Really? Yeah. He was goodness. He that. was Quentin Tarantino's first pick, but he uh, couldn't do it because of a scheduling conflict. What was he that would have been neat to see. Too. Yeah. <laughs> He's done great uh, dramatic roles. Yeah, punch drunk love. Punch drunk So anyway, Django Unchained comes out a couple years later. We'll do Adam Sandler another time. At this point, (laughs) everyone is riding high. (laughs) Riding high on the, oh Oh, my gosh. Coming out of Inglorious. That trailer comes out for Django, and you're just already thinking to yourself, well, this is going to be just as good. This is not good. He did it again. He did it back. I want more. Christoph Waltz is back. I'll come out and just say right now, Django Unchained is by far his best movie. Number one. No, that's incorrect, but I could see how you would say that because it's so good. That. A lesser a man could say movie. that. It's his second it's best movie. It's also a near perfect movie, which is why I would put it at number two. Yeah. Just right behind Inglorious. What do you have at number one, Matt? Inglorious. Inglorious. And, and then, then Django. Django at two. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do the same Django's thing. Django's stronger. Hmm. 
Strong number two. Strong number two. Because Jenga's not dealing with historical figures that we all know very well. It's you can follow these these characters without any hindrance based on your own historical. I didn't that didn't concepts. At hang no up the way at home. Did, did, <laughs> did the fact that Hitler really died in a crazy Were you yelling at the fire? projectionist? It didn't work like this. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I was just trying to figure it out the whole time, like how I should feel because it was he was dealing with really sensitive, like difficult scenarios. In well, I'm sorry that impeded your pastor. experience because yeah. it was and I'm, for me. My, my I just like, cauterized my conscience and it just could went with it. Just be my own my own like um expectations or like mindset watching world war ii films but world war ii films i'm used to like saving private ryan or thin red line or the pianist so where good. it's just dark and and upsetting mm. and you're just sure terribly disappointed with humanity and going into inglorious seeing tarantino trying to address some of these same issues it just felt weird i didn't know how to feel with humor black comedy and yeah. with Violence, celebratory violence. Yeah, and but then when they BA characters, he just made it his own. They yeah. shot Hitler into a bloody pulp and then blew him up. Yeah, I thought, okay, I get what's going on now. But that, with Django Unchained, I knew right away that he he's he's writing another revenge fantasy, but this time for the victims of slavery, and it makes a lot more sense now. And I'm not hindered by. It, it's great. Not Adolf Hitler it's is great. going to it's good. find. I don't the, have any the fate that he really did. In any beef with with Django, it's it's also wonderfully casted mm-hmm. from the ground up. Some of those, even the smallest characters like Big Daddy, mm. yeah, on the first Don plantation. Don Johnson, how about that? He's Jonah just Hill. so Jonah hilariously Jonah. despicable. Yeah, Jonah Hill's there. Jonah Hill shows up for no good reason. You know, it's mm-hmm. a good testament too when uh, DiCaprio is on the scene and he's kind of. Doing or like taking your attention away from Christoph Waltz because mm-hmm. DiCaprio like, did so yeah. well. Oh so Someone get this guy an Oscar. Come on, Christoph America. Waltz. Christoph Waltz was a fantastic villain in Inglorious, but I think that Christoph Waltz played a much stronger protagonist, and um, DiCaprio was a very strong contrast to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. agree. They, I mean, I agree with the that he played a very likable, heroic, mm-hmm. charming, and clever mm-hmm. guy. And DiCaprio, uh, he played that villain so well because it was almost like there was a there was a tad bit of like tragedy about him or something sad about about yeah. him. Not not enough to evoke any kind of sympathy, but he wasn't just evil and hateful. Mm-hmm. He had a charm to him. He had like a bits and pieces of a story. So you're mm-hmm. just like, man, mm-hmm. I just like watching this character so much. But also, he's the worst ever. Yeah, because well, yeah, you kind of liked him even when he was doing these despicable things because he was like, yeah. just sure. fun to watch. He's well, got that if, southern charm, definitely. If you listen to our previous podcast with us pitting Django Unchained versus Hateful Eight, yeah. you heard all this already. But I, I just want to re- reiterate myself, Django Unchained is unstoppable. It's his best yet. Yeah, I'd tell you why. Because of the Star Wars complex. You've oh, got... no. Christoph Waltz plays this Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, no. He finds Django, takes him out of that world, mm-hmm. trains him to be a gunslinger, and he gets goes into the fortress, gets the princess, right? Death Star, anyone? Yeah. Sure. Goes back, it. blows it all up. Oh. Rides off into the sunset. Feels great. I'm sure Tarantino he literally, would literally love. blows it up. Yeah. 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 Candyland candy land is That's the Death reasonably Star. Solid. Thanks, guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> or it's that German fairy tale. 
Yeah, with Brunhilde. With Brunhilde. Yeah. So number two on everybody's list, and then we'll move right Stop. up to number one. Hateful anyway. Eight. Hateful Eight, number four. Hateful yep, Eight, four. we just saw it, so it's fresh in our minds. None of us have seen it twice. Most of these other movies we've seen at least multiple twice, times, some of them yeah. multiple times. So yeah. it's kind of hard to say. You don't have enough time to sit with it and appreciate sure. it. Yeah. But I did have one of those experiences where I watched it. I definitely really enjoyed it. Um, and then I came away with from it, and it, it began to appreciate in my mind as I molded over I more like and more. That's what happens with Tarantino films. In the moment, you're having a hard time really accepting or comprehending what's happening and then later did you say appreciate or depreciate appreciate oh okay mm. i was yeah. like whoa it went down no, i didn't okay. dislike it but no. i began to like it i more think so. quite a bit more the yeah, more i thought about it you. yeah because yeah. i kind of went in because the two before this were so similar in the way they played out you know right. uh, and this Revenge one was fantasies. so different that i was in the mindset to see another django and then mm-hmm. you're like, wait. Yeah, it's two westerns in a row. Yeah, but yeah. It, this one's a single setting movie, essentially. Yeah. Right. It's it's like it's, it's like, like that two one scene from Peter's thing with Snowy Snow and Birthday Cake. So before mm. we run no, the I'm risk sorry. of yeah, repeating yeah. everything that we've already said, when right. we pitted Django and uh, Hateful Eight against each other, where does Hateful Eight rank on everybody's list? Number as four. best as you can, yeah. having number only seen number it number seven, four. number five. Whoa, that is very low, Liam. It's it's, it's, a, it's a very Jackie Brown seven, at the top. Yeah, that's true. You messed your list all up. These guys. Uh, no. are Wait, you Josh, where does it seen it? You don't even know. Where does it go on your list? I put it at I put it at five. Inglorious Django, Kill Bill one and two, and then okay, I put it in between the Kill Bills. So weird. That's Just pop that in there. That's real I liked it. I liked doing. it more than Kill Bill Two, but not as much as Kill Bill One. That's weird, not weird. Man. Yeah, I don't know if that's. <laughs> I have the mental capacity to divide One and Two. In no, my mind. I think we don't accept. I think it. that my tough decision was between Inglorious and Reservoir Dogs, and I know that was an easy decision for the rest of you. Yeah. But looking back on Reservoir Dogs, it's so gritty and raw, and it's a totally different style. If he's on a budget, and raw, seriously, I was about to get gritty and raw. Y'all can't roll. I just have so much appreciation for that kind of style and and. So did you like mystery. it? I mean, did you wait, like so it? wait, you like pitting, Reservoir Dogs? Pitting, pitting between res, res, pitting Reservoir Dogs against uh, Inglorious, I think that I would choose Reservoir Dogs more often to pull off the shelf and watch. This that, is more of like than a what? fan than hateful than, than Inglorious. All Inglorious. right, well, yeah, to, to, like, to, then to recap, Tyler, tell us everyone. <laughs> let's go around starting with Tyler. Tell us your, how your list breaks down. From from top to bottom, from I'm gonna go bottom to top like okay, they do bottom to top. America. Okay, budget. yeah, just, just do whatever one, you need bro. to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. I Cold, good. Relevant. culturally relevant. Dead <laughs> <laughs> last, Death Proof, uh, followed by Kill Bill Vol- Volume Two, at number eight. Kill Bill Volume One, at number seven. Then Jackie Brown, number six. Pulp Fiction, number five. Hateful Eight, number four. Inglorious. Number three, Runner Up, Reservoir Dogs, and then number one, Django. Mm. That list is a mess. Good call. Patrick, how's your list go? Please tell me it's better than that one. Oh, my list is great. I took Jackie Brown out because I haven't (laughs) seen it yet, which I can only (laughs) assume will be number one when I see it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. According to your heart. You've got such a good heart. Number eight is Death Proof. Number seven is Reservoir Dogs. Mm -hmm. Number six is Pulp Fiction. And then Hateful Eight. Kill Bill number one is, is number four. Volume two is number three. Runner up is Django. And the best 
is by far inglorious. Dun, dun, dun. Pretty close. Pretty close to being totally correct. Mine's quite similar in that I've got at last Reservoir Dogs, despite Tyler's attempts to sell us all. <laughs> <laughs> on it's it. gritty and raw. It <laughs> bloody. Jinx. Just above that, I liked Pulp Fiction, and then freaking everyone out, I liked uh, Death Proof better than those two. Yeah. Um, I liked Hateful Eight better than all of those. And then I liked Kill Bill Volume 1, and I liked Kill Bill Volume 2 even more. Pai Mei. Yeah. Mm. Runner-up to the Golden Prize was Django Unchained, and the best of all the Quentin Tarantino movies so far that I've seen is Inglorious Bastards. But like Patrick, I assume that uh, Jackie Brown is <laughs> just poised <laughs> to take that crown away. Glad I convinced you. <laughs> My you list got, is, again, very similar. I have Death Proof at the bottom. Then I have uh, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill Volume 2, The Hateful Eight, Kill Bill Volume 1, Django Unchained, and Inglorious at number one. And just like the other two guys, I am assuming that Jackie Brown will just sneak in oh and just gosh. destroy those Jew, Jew hating, no wait, Nazi hating Jews. <laughs> Man. And, uh, so Inglorious B is like number one on three lists. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Not bad. Good. Uh, myself, we're going to put Death Proof. I think that's four for five at the very bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Death Proof at the bottom, number nine. Number eight, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, it is. Love it. Keep Sorry. it low. I do love it, but keep it low. I haven't seen it in 10 years. Maybe that's for a reason Watch for that. Again. I did last <laughs> night. Yeah. It's Good gritty show. and raw, dang it. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> number seven. Just and probably bloody. because it hasn't had a chance to really sink its teeth into me. I'm going Hateful Eight. I enormously enjoyed it, but it is number number seven for now. That's fine. Uh, let's see here. Number six, you guys are going to hate me, but I put Django. Uh, Django's at the oh, lower end there, geez, but man. I think it's magnificent. That's far too low. Right? Uh, number too five, low, right? Pulp Fiction. Better than Django? Yeah, so I like confused, Pulp Fiction better than Django. Oh, uh, number way. four, Inglorious B. Uh, number two and three, we've got uh, Kill Bill 1, followed by Kill Bill 2. Mm-hmm. Josh, I'm with you on that one. And then number one, as I said, Jackie Brown. Jackie. Can't wait to Consider see it. Yeah. Look well, into it, believe it, dream I mean, it. I'm excited to see Jackie Brown if it's as good as Liam says. This whole thing is spread out enough that there should be something in there to make everyone mad. And just about everyone should hate someone. On this podcast, hey, wait a second. Now, listening to yeah. this podcast, so Anger. looking forward to that feedback. <laughs> let us know. Let us know who you yeah. hate the most. Let we'll be know. posting our top tens on the website. So come comment and top nines, eights, nines. Tell us where we went wrong. Tell us what your top tens and list your list your best of Tarantino's on the website too. You can just put another movie for number ten. Just yeah, just make one up. But please, he had some directorial roles in four rooms yeah if you like er if you like that er episode you can put that on the list (laughs) thanks for listening to you hate movies let us know what your top quentin tarantino films are by leaving a comment on this episode at youhatemovies.com or through social media twitter and instagram at youhatemovies and facebook.com slash youhatemovies 